thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome, pilots. You've tuned to the guard frequency because, as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 259 of the Best Damn Space Sim podcast ever, recorded on Friday, May 3rd, and made available for download on Tuesday, May 7th, 2019, over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Jeff. I'm Ken Chato. And I'm Tony. And this week's streaming services are brought to you by AT and Tony. Right, Jeff? That's right, Tony. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter, at GuardFreak. Your feedback is an important part of what we do. So hit us up and tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at Feeds.GuardFrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything on Friday night, you should come over and join us at about 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live over at Twitch.tv forward slash Guard Freak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn Space Sim podcast ever? You can always support the show by visiting our website, clicking on the Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all our Patreons who support us week on week. We hope you'll consider joining them, because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click that big Patreon logo to help out. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to Heroes Rise podcast and discover their secrets. And the housekeeping's done, so let's get to the show. What do we got in store this week, Jeff? In this week's flight deck, we bring you all the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest news from Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, and Dual Universe. Next, we'll get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDonald on Galactic Public Radio. After that, we continue our audio adventure, Guard Frequency Origins, now taking you to bed or losing you forever. Wow. Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head to the flight deck. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach, checker screen, call the ball. Don't get taken home with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of space sims. Elite Dangerous fixed the glitch on drag munitions, apparently never broke the canopies, and starts the first interstellar initiative. Initializing an infrastructure institution, inquiring about initial itineraries of independent investors. Star Citizen gets some press from a prominent national financial magazine. You remember those, right? Magazines? And Dual Universe updates its cargo and hauling system to include exciting new volumetric measurements. Seriously, this excites space truckers. So, uh, in our quest to keep things uh, moving with other uh, games, not just the two main ones we we, uh, follow, I saw a massively OP article regarding an update in Dual Universe. They're completely pulling out their old uh, cargo system and replacing it with a new one. This one measured in liters, which I found interesting. Everybody else does tries to do tons or cubic meters or whatever like that. No, 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 no. Liters. 
And uh, the reason I'm even talking about this, because I'm not a space trucker. Elliot, uh, our uh, founder emeritus and, and a good friend of Jeff, he's a space trucker. He loves that stuff. Uh, I'm more of a combat guy. But this will excite space truckers because it means that your personal cargo, like what you have as far as equipment, like what you wear in your backpack or your belt, is now directly translatable to what you're carrying in the back. So there's no, like, the personal inventory and the cargo inventory are now interchangeable. So it's like, yeah, if you want to carry a million pounds of pistols, that you could take some pistols out of your back-end cargo and put them on your, in your pocket. So I think that, and given their Dewey Universe's uh, stated goals of trying to make it a very granular universe, like you start as a person and you can scale up all the way to these massive interstellar battles, this actually is probably kind of an important step. Uh, to actually to unify that uh, the car the system so that inventory can be universal whether you're in a ship or in a vehicle or, or on your on your little on your uh, avatar. So I thought that was kind of cool. Where do we want to go next? To leave that to the floor. Do we want I to think we should save Star Citizen for last because oh, that's probably the longest. Okay, all right. Then we'll I'll, we'll do some uh, some updating on the Elite Dangerous side of the house. Uh, the patch is in, so the drag munitions are out. So the the old style of it just. Uh, stopping the recharge on your engine capacitors back, it's not going to prevent you from using the boost. So that's that's back out. And apparently Canopy Gate was never a thing. Uh, we had a, some clarification that the Canopy damage system was such that you started at 30 hit points on your Canopy, and the Canopy broke at not zero, but at 15. Which is odd, but okay. So all they did was they reflected, they, they changed the the metrics the metrics in there to reflect the fact that you start at 15 and when you go to zero, now it breaks. But that raises a question with me. Uh, we talked about how the, the canopy, Henry talked about how the canopy breaking was kind of cool. Uh, Jeff, have you ever had a canopy break in Elite Dangerous? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. What happens before the thing actually blows out? It cracks. It, it, uh, uh-huh. it, it, it kind of, it gets worse and worse and worse over, over, uh, the damage state. Yes, yes. It, it incrementally damages, and you see that reflected in the texture in the game, right? Yep. So my question is, did it start cracking when you hit, when when when, when one point's gone, does it start cracking? And then no. two points cracks a little more and three points? Well, no. But how, did you, but how do you know, right? There's no meter, right? Right. There's no, well, I guess the gauge would be. Uh, if it started cracking at 15, it means you had 15 points hit points that uh, was okay. Yeah, but, but again, that's my question. So what what it what what's back behind the scenes there? Did it start crack? I mean, did they design it to start cracking at 14? At, you know, at old system was 29. They decided to start cracking at no, 29 and but break if at 15. You, if you went into your if you went into your uh, HUD uh, on the on the right panel, you could you could gauge the state of your canopy the bigger the bigger question i have is that's happening behind in the background somehow right so when right. it goes to 14 it displays this texture when it goes to 15 or 13 or whatever it goes it uh, displays this texture you right. see it and then at the old system was 15 now it's zero you lose the functionality right why can't we have that for the whole ship what when my laser gun gets damaged and then i can see it out the front window when when that gets damaged why 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 isn't it burning and, and sparking and 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 uh, like bits have fallen off. I don't. I don't see a lot of my uh, my the view out of my cutter is not really that uh, conducive to looking at what my guns are doing. Right, but my the view out of my Anaconda sure is. And my cut and my Corvette. 
Uh, I mean, and out of a Cobra or a Sidewinder, you can see the guns of, uh, pop up out of the front. So I, you know, it's there. And and, uh, and anacondas do have those damaged textures. And I don't know when they kick in, but once you have hull damage on an anaconda, you see bits all torn up to pieces and and uh, deck plating uh, shredded and bent and twisted and stuff. So well, it's I, there. I honestly don't know. Maybe maybe they're maybe that's something they forgot to make a pass at. I I have questions now. And so because clearly between the anaconda textures and the canopy, they clearly have the ability, the technical capability to reflect damage in the game on the physical part of your ship. And of course, you can always have module damage that leads to malfunctions. Uh, why haven't they tied them together? This is this is a thing that I would, would think would people would like. It would be super cool. So anyway, so it, it, Canopy Gate was apparently never a thing. It was just a correction of, of a mechanic that was happening in the background anyway. But now I want damage. I want damage textures now. They have ignited a hunger in me. Bad Frontier. Don't do that. Uh, but I, I, that's what I'd like to see. And uh, they've started their new Interstellar Initiatives, which is a beefed-up community goal system. They announced that. Uh, on their live stream a couple weeks ago. This first one is going to be a bus. They're going to bus you from the bubble to the Guardian systems where you can go hunting for uh, special components. So, uh, uh, Jeff, you ever gone hunting for Guardian components? No. Brian, have you ever gone hunting for Guardian components? That would be a no. But I, I got a question about the bus. Yeah. Like, is this so people don't have to fly all the way out there? Or? Exactly. And Alex, I, I was going to tell you, uh, it's extremely annoying to have to fly all the way out there, drive around in an SRV for a little while, and fly all the way back. Mm. It's it's kind of annoying. This one, this is going to take away a pain point on people going to get Guardian Tech. So, is the transfer instantaneous, or do you have to like wait a day, or what? Details are sketchy, but I am I imagine this is going to work like that uh, busted uh, uh, exploration trip to the uh, the locked out sector. Uh, if you recall, recall from last year, they had a, a, a the science ship was going to jump into that locked out sector, and then Guardian, then uh, then Frontier sort of changed their minds, and uh, it, it broke down and went someplace else. I imagine they're going to be doing that. So you'll dock at a mega ship, and then on the server tick, they'll move the ship from the bubble to the destination. It'll sit out there for a week, a couple days, whatever that you can dock back at the ship, and then on the next server tick, they'll move the ship back to the bubble, simulating the large capital ship's hyperdrive system. Alternatively, this could be a test for fleet carriers, for squadron carriers, uh, seeing if they can, you know, uh, see if, seeing if they can uh, move the ship around with commanders docked in it and how quickly they can do it and what the mechanics of it will look like. So maybe this is a test for that. That would be cool. Yeah. Either way, uh, uh, that'd be it'll be fun to watch. Now, they... This is something that I think might not be. Brian, if you were going to design a community gaming situation, right? Mm-hmm. You want if you're going to design that, where, as you do, as one does, as we do here on the show, we love the game we're making. Um, where would you put the information and the uh, the invitation and the announcements of said event? Where would you Where would you put them? Um, maybe like. A splash screen in the game or something like that. Like in I the guess. Ga- it, the ED thing would be like send everybody a mail. I guess. Well, like yeah, like like put it in your like in, in your the, cockpit. In the game. Yeah, like yeah. in your cockpit where it says you know you've got mail up at the top and yeah 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 and, the messages and in it the would game. be and it would, the starport 
announcement would like be splashy and stuff. Like, you know, it, it, when you hit the starport button, it would like pop up and go, by the way, check out this great thing we're doing. Look at you know where it is? It's posted on a message board in the basement of the public notary's office. No, it's on their forums. Well, and on YouTube. Same, basically the same thing. Kind of the same thing. Yeah, so it's it's you can find it in the game if you're in the codex, but it's not in the community goals section, right? That's a place people go to look. That's a that's a that's a thing people do. It's like, yeah, I'm bored. What do I do? All I can always do a community goal. The community goals section is blank right now, so that's some that's something that probably needs to be addressed and uh, it needs to be, the communication in the game needs to be. Now it's a cool concept, uh, you know. They're having a vote right now to see well where do we want the destination to be. They give you uh, there's a choice of five guardian sites uh, that you can you know which one do you want the mega ship to, to go to. We'll have it. We'll build an outpost there and the ferry service, the bus service will begin. That on the uh, has that poll's been running for a few days now. It stops May the sixth, so before this show releases, it had 81 votes when I looked at it. I think it'd be kind of cool if they just gave everybody a mission to go to the ship. Yeah, I mean that that would definitely be a thing, right? Because that would that would say engage with this and and right. start doing things. And this they could is even, worth your while. Yeah, they could even do something like and go to the forums to vote for which the what the destination ship is. There's only 81 votes on this thing. I mean, community mm. goals, I mean, just the basic community goals get thousands of players to participate, hauling cargo from point A to point B or shooting down X number of pirates or whatever. Thousands. Oh, I might vote then. I, I could be the swing vote. You could be the swing vote. It, you know, guard frequency listeners could overwhelm the thing if they heard about it before Tuesday, which they won't because the show doesn't come out to Tuesday. Um, but it'll be too late by the time the show comes out. But uh, maybe I'll have, I'll, I'll have Shiv do a tweeter. I'll make him. I'll have him get on the Twitters for this. Leverage the social media. We'll, we'll leverage that social media like a good 21st century, you know, podcast should. Um, yes, but we uh, can swing the election. That's right. We're, we're the Russian meddlers of podcasts. <laughs> that's, that's what we do. Can we make? We, 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 you know what? If we make 80 bots, we can, we're golden. We can, <laughs> we can. Well, we have to. We have to. We have to make 80 frontier accounts. I don't know how we could do it because you have to. Log, you have to log in on the forums with your credentials. So that could be tricky, but we'll, we can we can figure that out. We'll just tell the GOP that it's politically motivated <laughs> and they'll fund it. Well, we have to make ANC great again. So exactly, the, the, that's what we got to do. So anyway, uh, but if, leftover money is just for hats. <laughs> we're blowing it all on hats. Uh, but yeah, so but I, I think there needs to be in the version two of this when they do the next one. I think some effort needs to be spent to like really focus in the game that this is happening. It needs to be front and center. Do, do we have to have a uh, back-ended agenda on this? I mean, well, there, I think we is, should. Is, I, I think so, too. I mean, uh, other other uh, people have done this, have had back-ended agendas. I mean, you know. I, I, is I, that, I'm sorry. Is that, is that an adult film industry term? I, I'm not sure what that means. I think I think what he's I think he's saying ulterior motive. I think oh. that, that that's what it is. A back-end agenda could be the show title for this week, though. I think I think that could be. I think definitely we. That's a that's a contender. Uh, all right. So I think that was that was kind of uh, the elite dangerous news for uh, for this week. So that leaves us with, I guess nothing. Uh, no, we're done. Tell, tell, we're done. It's time. It's time. We're done. Time for nuggets for nuggets. That's right. Let's go. We're gonna. Oh no, GPR. No, GPR's next. I want to hear your thoughts on this uh, on this uh, article that you read. Article. Tony. 
What article, Jeff? I was going to say before we get into like the, the spicy bits, there are other things that I wanted to point people to and start with this. Okay. Yeah, like the Free Fly Weekend that will be, again, over by the time the show comes out. Oh, is it over this weekend? I think so, isn't it? There's a Free no, Fly Weekend. I don't even remember. I didn't see the end date. Anyway, there's a Free Fly going on. You know, I don't, most people, most for, of our listeners probably don't care. For our loyal listeners, we're giving you the, the bits of news. Or there you for, go. For, for the Patreon people and for the live stream people, you're welcome. Inside the verse, if you have a merchant man or a defender, they give a look at the Banu, that what how much work has been gone on and like what the progress is. So I know that's a hot topic among the, you know, the kitties. And um, I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing, but the uh, RTV this week is a discussion about the features in 3.6. So if you want to get a jump start on on where everything's going, you can watch that cool RTV. And 3.6 is scheduled June, end of June? Yeah, That's the, yeah. That's the plan? It's, it's, it's the Q2 patch. Q2 patch. So that's uh, a little over 60 days. Okay. All right. So that, that's eight weeks down the road. So, so right. on to the controversies. On to controversies and, and, and pick and fights. And what, was, there, was there a controversy in this? What, uh, just the fact the article exists. Yes. The, the, the articles, we'll start, we're st- we'll start there at the 30,000 foot level. Yes. The, the fact that the article exists is a matter of controversy in some, okay. in some, in some quarters. Uh, the article itself is in Forbes online right now, but will be in the actual physical print magazine, which those of us of a certain age will remember as a book that is published usually monthly of made of paper that you would turn pages on and there would be words printed on it. So uh, that's old school and you have to be of a certain caliber and quality to make it into a physical magazine these days because they're they're rarer than they used to be. Back in the day, you could just like, you know, print rumors of stars, you know, love affairs and stuff and sell them like hotcakes at grocery stores, but you know, those days are numbered. The, the article is going to be in the physical, physical magazine. Now, those of you who know about Forbes may know that they also have sort of a quasi-questionable kind of, if you pay us money, you can use our name uh, publishing arm that a lot of commercial paid advertisement gets passed off as uh, articles. They also have a bad habit of munging their blog space site with their their normal web sp- website. So, so lines sometimes get blurred. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's people that just have blogs on Forbes. They can write literally whatever they want, mm. serviced off Forbes.com, and people pass them off as Forbes on scroll. But this, in particular, article is written by a staffer, I have been so informed. Yes, and and I have looked into this a little bit. The The guy with the top byline is their sort of games, yeah. games contributor, game story. Most editor. of his stuff is like... So and so posted a profit. You know that yeah, those yeah. are most of his insights. And, and you know, and Forbes not being one of the prominent games publications out there, um, they're typically more known for financial, uh, business, uh, corporate type reporting. Uh, they publish the Forbes 100 list of rich people and biggest companies and stuff like that. You may maybe may be familiar. The articles on that side and the top line byline was fine. The second byline I found interesting. Because it is, let me get his name right here, a fellow by the name of uh, Nathan Vardy. And this guy is a 20-year financial uh, journalist professional veteran. So he's no slouch. Uh, And and I find the fact that Forbes, uh, that he put his name on the article, not just that he's he's a a senior editor. 
That's his title. But his name's on the article. So I find that I find that informative um, because this is basically I, I think CIG's reputa- reputation has preceded them, and that especially with the escapist thing from a couple years ago and uh, some pushback they got from Kotaku and that kind of thing. Um, this is the, the, I think the signal has been sent. We're serious about this. Don't bother trying anything funny. Uh, so the article itself is nothing. It has nothing that we here at Guard Frequency found really new. At least I didn't. There wasn't any really new information that uh, we that I wasn't aware of, with one minor exception that we'll get to. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, but it's a nice, it's a good summary of a lot of the um, prior reporting and other issues that we've discussed on our show and other people have discussed in the community. See, I'm going to disagree with that a little bit. Okay. Now, I'm not saying anything isn't factual. And the problem with this article is that it feels like a much longer article that was cut for word length and that much of the much of the background, you know, or what you would potentially consider even handedness of it was cut to sound a little more incendiary. At least that was my take reading the article. Uh, That's I mean, that's Um, sure. Like they don't under, you know, uh, if you're a total novice coming into this and you try and read it. They don't understand. They don't explain the difference between Star Citizen and Squadron Forty Two. He literally just says they took three hundred million dollars and only made one one hundredth of the game. Like he literally almost says that straight up, and that is, sounds disingenuous. Like there's a total another game that they just kind of passingly mention, right? Which and isn't out yet. It's not out yet, but it's coming out in theory next year, right? In theory. In theory. But it, it, um, in, again, in theory, this is where most of that money has gone, right? right? And so the fact that they're saying, you know, they're basically they're basically saying that this guy has taken us money and squandered most of it to get nothing at all out of it. Uh, sends to that point, to that point, to that point, they, he did come right out and say, it's like it's like the first or second paragraph. It's really early in the article. This is not a scam. I mean, he, those words I don't know. are printed no, 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 in the article. No, but he says that it basically goes, this is not a scam, but the guy's an idiot is basically what he oh, says. Oh, yeah. Right? That's, yes, he does go on to say that just he, right away. And then yes. he provides almost no proof of it other than making incendiary comments, which are like half-truths. Well, other than the entire record of the development of the game. I mean, other than that, there's no proof no, at all. No, that's but not, that's not what he's, <laughs> no. I mean, like, what are you saying? You know, he's saying, okay, we're blowing all this money. They yeah. say they blow the money, right? Yeah. They talk about... They, they use one metric to define the game and they don't even talk about the other half of the game or the other second game that's being made based on the same technology. Sure. Well, but it's not, like, it's it's not entire, public facing yet. Like, like, like pretty much the entire UK studio is just Squadron 42. That's like half of the company's staff is on that one, one, one part of it, right? Yeah. And then a lot of the other guys are getting sucked in it to it too. So I don't know. I think the, the whole thing is kind of skewed. And then they make, where, let me find this comment from that uh, oh, here. <clears throat> There's no two ways about it, man. Star Citizen is, nu- is nuts, says Jesse Shell, a prominent game developer and professor at Carnegie Mellon University, who obviously is quoted saying, man, this thing is unusual in about five dimensions. It is very rare to be doing game development for seven years. <laughs> That's not how it works. I, I just want That's to take a step back. That's not normal at all. I, 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 I just want to take a step back. That was a brilliant performance, and we need in somewhere in our in our uh, our, our guard frequency game. 
We're going to need a character that sounds like that, Brian. Just <laughs> take, take note of what you just did there. I want you to live in that for a little bit and bring him outside at some point. We're going to make an NPC or something. It's just I nuts, want, man. Yeah, I want, I, I want, I want to hear that. I want to hear that later on. But I, so, I mean, they got, but the, he's a professor who apparently has some, some sort of standing at Carnegie Mellon University, which is not a slouch university. So I don't see any like large scale games on his resume. I understand he probably has, he probably does gaming stuff in the, uh, no, he he's most celebrated for his design of Disney's Toontown Online, Ooh, the first massively multiplayer spaceships. game for kids. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. So, he so. has a lot of he has a lot of game development experience in 2003, 2005, and then there's a big jump. Uh, then basically, he, I guess he moved at that point into into academics. Okay, so he's only been a professor of video games for like a decade or so. Well, I mean, he's like all these other guys, right? There's a lot of a lot of old school game developers that moved on to other things, right? right? Like around and the same I don't know. like around the same time when Chris Roberts was getting out of video games, this guy got out of video games too and went to academics and Chris Roberts went to movies. Yeah, I think, So he's been out of the video game business for I don't know, roughly as long as Chris Roberts has. Been. I think the scale of video games nowadays is very different from what it was back when these the guys. The scale originally... of this game went from a couple million dollars in two in 2012 to 300 million dollars today. The scale's changed on that too a little bit. Well, I think look at the scale of any AAA game. I mean, just Which like this wasn't in market, 2012. The wasn't. Okay, you know what? <laughs> I'm poking you. I am literally poking you. You are poking me. I am poking and you. I like it. <laughs> I love your back end agenda. <laughs> It's not right. bad, but, 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 but you know, I, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think this this guy has the same perspective as he should. And I don't want to poke at this guy too much. Yeah. Here. So, 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 there's Brian has an issue, a defendable, a defensible one with the guy they found to to, to make the quote. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. And, I don't, and we're down, we're down in the weeds, getting there. Let's, I'm going to pull it back just a bit here. So the idea of this article is that this is a financial magazine written by a games reporter with some experience in games reporting, but, you know, he's, he's a young guy, backed up by a 20-year financial reporting veteran, all right? And this article checks all the boxes of typically well-sourced, well-researched researched, uh, financial journalism. You get the academic quote, you go through the publicly available financials, you talk to the company itself, and there are quotes in this article from Sandy and Chris Roberts they they commented on the on this article to the to the reporters, so I mean this this has all the hallmarks of reliable journalism, old school like printed magazine journalism. That's that's where I'm starting with. And yeah, there's probably you can you can call you can look at individual the individual quote and have issues with it. But and this particular fine. author, particular author, if you look back, like he he also wrote the article for Forbes about the forty six million dollar investment yeah. and. He obviously is not a fan of Star Citizen reading that article, too, even though that one's maybe half the length. Maybe, no, it's like a quarter of the length. He takes all sorts of little pot shots. This clock's in the 3,500 words. Well, I've, I've taken little pot shots, too. But I, I, I'm <laughs> just know. saying he he's obviously been writing the other article for a while, right? This one, uh, I read somewhere this was in production from October. So he probably started looking into this. Then the $46 million thing came up. Then he went to his senior editor and went, this is a lot bigger. I'd like to do a deeper dive. They looked at this and said, eh, these guys are, you know, they have a history of going after people. And they're like, well, we probably have better put somebody senior on it to ride shotgun. And so they, they came up with this. 
So, I mean, 3,500 words isn't one of those like long reads, 14,000 word, you know, opera uh, or operas that you see sometimes online. Uh, but it's, it's it's substantial for a for a magazine type sized uh, uh, feature. But it it could have been cut, like you were saying. There's pro- he probably has more that had to be pulled to fit the physical constraints of the paper that they're going to have to print it on. Absolutely. So it wouldn't surprise me if that were the case. But I mean, like like half of the revelations here are just uh, history of Chris, which we all know. Yeah, they're not We're relations not to us. They're not relations to us. In terms of Star Citizen, it seems, again, the most egregious thing is the timelines that were announced, which we all know are uh, wrong. Not news to Mul- regular listeners of the show. Multiple times, right? Uh, money involved, you know, the forecasts of money involved, and obviously with crowdfunding, and so they changed the scope. Again, no surprises. I, th- I think, again, you know, aside from the... Um, Go ahead. How to say the the drama aspects, uh, like a like a back end agenda the, of some kind. Some <laughs> no comments on that. <laughs> but so. uh, but other than that, yeah, it's it's pretty much just the same old crap. So what we're talking about for those of you who have not yet had the pleasure of reading the Forbes article is uh, so you know like a, one of the hallmarks of the journalism type thing is you just kind of do a background check on the people you're going to write about, right? You want to find out what their what their history is. You know, you might find you might uncover an angle in the story. You know, like were they raised in a particularly challenging environment? Uh, did they have a unique school experience? Do they uh, have a big career change midlife? You know, you, you do some background information so you can maybe bring a different angle to the story. So when they did that to Sandy Gardner, they found something fun. Uh, the, apparently, I, I'm surprised this hasn't come up before. You knew about this. No, 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 no. I'm surprised that, that oh. this hasn't been uncovered before. No, I did not know well, yeah, well, about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about this in a minute because this is the sort of thing. This is the sort of thing that if you did, uh, if, if one were so inclined and one did a thorough court records research on one of the big uh, uh, services like Accurant or uh, uh, the, the people finder type things. Accurant's the one I know. It's from LexisNexis. But if you do a deep dive search on these people, this, this stuff will come up like a temporary restraining order filed by Chris Roberts and a woman named Madison Peterson, who Chris Roberts was a common law husband to prior to getting a divorce from Madison Peterson to marry Sandy Gardner, then divorce Sandy Gardner, move back with Madison uh, Peterson. It was an annulment. An, oh, so an annulment? Okay. So an annulment of the common law marriage, which then he married Sandy Gardner, which then he no, divorced no, 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 Sandy no, no, Gardner. No, 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 no. He he annulled the marriage with Sandy Gardner and then oh. remarried Sandy Gardner later. Okay, so so it wasn't a divorce from Sandy. Okay, so I don't think so. Maybe I read. Maybe I maybe I misread that. See, anyway, see, sorry. This is I, just crazy. There's a back end agenda here somewhere. So there's yeah. <laughs> there was a marriage, a common law marriage, and we'll talk about that in just a second too. There's a common law marriage to uh, Madison yes. Peterson, which Do was we know dissolved. If that's, if, if that's a relation, to that's Eric? my question. I don't know. Is, I should, there, is, I should is, is she that. a wingman to the wingman? I don't know. I, I don't think, obviously, that's Peterson's not a pretty wife. common name. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I guess, no, I, I'm not even going to go. Yeah, okay, yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, I, like, like, Peterson's a fairly common name, but it, it did do, I did do the pinky Dr. Evil thing to it. And if I were that curious, I'd pay the 20 bucks to do a background search on, on Madison Peterson and, and find out. <laughs> but I'm not that curious. But if someone else were, I'd be happy to explain to you how you do it. Okay, but anyway, that's off the air. Uh, but it, uh, uh, so, so 
Peter, the Peterson marriage was dissolved somehow. I'm assuming uh, by a divorce, because if you're common law marriage, you're not getting an annulment out of that. I'm assuming it's a divorce. Divorce from Madison Peterson. Married Sandy Gardner. I've annulled Sandy Gardner, apparently. He gets back with Madison Peterson, Chris Roberts does. Sandy then allegedly, you know, we have to say that, allegedly uh, uh, harassed and stalked Peterson to the point where she called the cops, got a restraining order taken out on Sandy. And as part of the restraining order, there's a signed statement from Chris Roberts stating that he got choked by by Sandy Gardner and said, if she had a gun, I think she would have killed me. Then he gets then he gets rid of Madison Peterson for the second time and remarries Sandy Gardner, and then that's the woman he introduces not as my two-time wife and one-time stalker of my ex-wife, but as my marketing professional that is on here on the here on the team with us. She's so great. She's such an expert on everything, and doesn't. Yeah, I I don't. Okay, what that 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 was. Um, I mean. Okay, I know I, I, that one is prob that, that that's <clears throat> <laughs> take all the time you need. Take all the time you So I, I'm not I'm not defending that. I, I don't think that the the whole wifey thing has anything to do with you know the drama there. I think that's just that was purely a, purely a way to to potentially that hide the the stain of accused nepotism. Are, you know, are, not, there, not anything are, else. Aren't there children involved in this somewhere too? Oh yeah, she has three. She, okay, well, he has a kid with the late, other late with Peterson, yep. and mm-hmm. she has he has three kids with Gardner, right? I don't know how many were in the video. I don't remember. I think it was three. Uh, yeah, there are kids involved here too, uh, but uh, we're definitely going to leave them out because the kids aren't a senior posi- a senior official with a crowd funded company with three hundred million dollars, or you know, who raised three hundred million dollars. Who once had a restraining order against? <laughs> I mean, again, like if it, it, there's this goes to the, the crowdfunding versus public company thing. Everyone says they're a private company; they have no obligations. Blah 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 blah. I mean, from their terms and conditions, I guess that's technically true. But when you take money from people and you spend it on their behalf, you assume some obligations there. You just do, and and no one, there's no court case or statute that that says this now. It's just. A feeling, and maybe it's a wrong feeling, but I still feel this way, and that's the sort of thing. The accusations of nepotism aside, this person you were once afraid of for your life with this person, and you invite them into the company, and then you don't tell anybody that you've got a pre-existing relationship with them. I don't care if it's wife or cousin or whatever. There's a, there's a history here. And you're raising money off of this expert team you have built around you. I mean, okay, well, let, what is Sandy's job, right? It's marketing director. I think if this company is successful at literally anything at all, its primary thing it's successful at is marketing. So mm. regardless of her her potential allegations against her, and regardless of whether people would confuse, whether accuse them of nepotism or not, She's successful at her job, you know? I think people would argue about whether there are certain things she could have done better, but marketing for this game is not something that it, that they're taking a hit on ever. Let's, <laughs> you know and what I'm let, and let's, let, and let's get to something that is in this article, too, and, and connect those two things, too. He, uh, Chris Roberts in this compares the hobby of collecting digital spaceships in Star Citizen to golf, mm-hmm. right, as golf. What it, let's let's just crowd let's just crowdsource. Uh, I don't like golf. Yeah, mm, yeah. 
Jeff, since Jeff spoke up, I want to I want to ask him a couple questions. Jeff, how would you just in your head? Just I want you to just picture a golfer in your head. Okay. Okay. You got. You got. I want you to just construct a mentally a mental picture in your head of a yep, golfer. I got all it. Right? It wasn't hard to do. Okay. Good. All right. All right. Start at the feet and work your way up. Tell me what you see in your head. Um, I see white golf shoes with a, you know the little leather flaps on top. Sure. You know? Right. Uh, yeah. I, I see uh, 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 seersucker pants. Uh, oh, nice. Good choice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know that polyester and, yeah. and I, I see a. Uh, 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 Short sleeve polo shirt with a with a sweater vest over the top. Good. Of it. What kind of sweater vest? Uh, usually, it's some type of uh, pastel color. Sure. Okay. Uh, good. All right. Good. Uh, okay. Keep then, going. Keep going. And then uh, you know an older older gent with a with one of those uh, 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 newsy caps or uh, okay. or uh, yeah. yeah right uh, sure on top uh-huh. with a, uh, you know with it with the tassel. What's what, what's under the newsy cap? What's under the newsy cap? Gray-haired and and uh, okay, so he's got hair. Ball. That's good. Yeah, well, balding gray hair. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. Maybe losing some. See, that's all right. totally optional. Yeah. Okay. So, so you, you've got a picture of this guy in your head, right? Is he your yeah. is he your buddy? Is he your pal? No, no, no. not really. He's somebody, somebody that probably would you know uh, low low tip me for carrying his golf clubs around or something. You know. Okay. I, you know what? I can I can sum it up really good if you want me to. Just go ahead. We have Jeff's word picture, right? This is radio, so we made a word picture with Jeff. All right, go ahead. What's yours? A golfer is an adult male with way too much disposable income. I'm I'm picturing both these people in my head, and they are the same person. They are. They are they the are. same person. They are the same person here. Yeah, so yeah. so when you talk about marketing to these people. What is what what is your what's your goal? Your goal is to get people with disposable income. And how do you and how do you entice them to get them to dispose of their income as a golfer? What do you what do you what do you sell to a golfer when you want to take a bunch of money from them all at once? I, I don't know. I don't golf. Expensive golf clubs? Expensive golf clubs, hell yes, for expensive golf clubs. Fancy pants, like Jeff was saying, right? Sweater vests cashmere sweater vest, right? And yep. the big ticket item, kids, the big ticket item here, the Basically. golf club membership. You sell them an exclusive membership. And where is Star Citizen making its money from the crowd and has been since basically day one? You mean that, that $20 I give them every month? No, I, I have to tell you, Jeff, no, they don't give a damn about that. They, they, no, they, they just don't really care. It's a small amount. Yeah, they, they just don't care. They're after the people who are going to pay for the multi-thousand dollar golf club membership. That's who That's who Sandy's marketing was to this whole time. So anything that talks about how much they love their backers and their, their crowdfunding and all these people and you get the introduction of Spaceship for $45, irrelevant. Irrelevant. I think that there's a, oh, I, I'm confused by your analogy. Why? Are you saying there's a direct relationship with people that would be golfing and buying golf clubs with people that would be, buy spaceships? No, arguing by analogy here. Sandy Gardner is not a marketing genius. She just knows who her audience is. And it's people with way too much money and, and uh, the ability to part with it without without caring. That's who her audience was. And so she had, now, she she made I this a luxury. I, she's made this a luxury item with exclusivity uh, terms in it so that people with way too much money and not enough sense part with large chunks of it and just give it to her in exchange for this exclusivity. They made it. Yeah, they, they made a golf club. Absolutely, but that's literally everything, right? But well, I, I, maybe. I, but I just don't think she's a marketing genius for coming up with a golf club in space. I, 
That's, I never that said she was a marketing genius. Okay. I'm just saying she hasn't done a bad job. <laughs> you know? Okay. I mean, it, 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 anyway, that's the thing. Okay. I don't know if Sandy came up with these ideas because I think some of the ideas were actually other people's, but 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 she definitely executed on some of them. And at the end of the day, right, she created a video game marketing space where the perceived exclusivity of ephemeral objects mm -hmm. is being valued in a way that has been, never been valued before. And never will again. And potentially until we get, you know, what you know, a ready player this, one style, oh, you know, Jesus. whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, this maybe. is not, this is, this is the, honestly, okay, you know, personally, I think this is the tip of the iceberg. Many other industries could do the same thing and be much more successful at it. And we will see this again, right? In other, maybe not even video games, but in, you know, other virtual spaces. I, I have a, I, I have an example here of, of something that's already being done in a game that I already play. Such as? And, and, Do tell. Uh, uh, there's a company called Scopely that made a, a mobile game called Star Trek Fleet Commander. And in this game, it's all about the cash. Yeah. And I'm talking about, uh, to advance anything, you, they sell packs at $99. Do they have a $1,000 pack? No. Then they're not in the same league. Well, yeah. Well, hear, hear me out there. All right. There are people that have dropped 50 grand in here. Sure. $100 at a time. $100 a time. Yeah. That's right. And they do it regularly on a daily basis. Yes, because they're addicts. Yes. That's not who Sandy's after. Uh, this is exactly who Sandy's no. after. No. Th that they're, they're, That's a different subset. The mobile subset are people, they take advantage of people who have impulse control problems. That, uh, that, that want that rush and that high of being able to proceed faster through the game or have or unlock lots of lockboxes and have chances to win things. Well, it's okay, that, that, dopamine I, that rush. I'll give yeah, that I that I'll give you, but these people are the golfers of the of the mobile game because I, I, I different mean, league, man. I I don't know. I this I love the discussion, believe me. I just think I just think that they're in a different league. It's the difference between somebody who wants who who uh, who goes up to the ballpark ticket office and buys a ticket to watch the game every week or every time that they come to town they 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 make the routine purchase every week right and this is somebody who's who buys season ticket licenses at the club box the difference is the the first person buys the jerseys and the popcorn and the peanuts and the beer and the, he you know he, he drops a bunch of cash at the stadium but it's all impulse purchases it's all Oh, I have the weekend off, and the and the and the Chiefs are in town. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the game and drop a few hundred bucks at the at the, at the ballpark because he can. The difference is the other the other purchase is strategic and it's exclusive. This box is mine. They're gonna bring me catered food. I'm gonna have seat and air conditioned little building, and I'm gonna have the parking taken care of. And this it's an experience, right? That's the the difference is one person buys for the experience of of making the purchase and being treated like royalty and the other person goes and blows money maybe he shouldn't to have a good time that's my point is is that this has not been replicated in any in any video game space that I'm, I can think of to this extent there have been no other articles about $20,000 packages with other games right unless True. I haven't been paying attention there, there, were, there, there were some there, there, there are obviously some um like second life style games that, that have done those kinds of things, but it's it's rare. Twenty obviously. grand? 
Um, there was one, I can't remember the name of it. It was Second Life's kind of thing, but in space. And like they sold islands that were 10K, 20K a pop. And you could buy like planets and asteroids and stuff. And are they still in business? I think Second Life is. Oh, Second I Life mean, is, like, yeah. But that, that model, that marketing that, model? That particular one did not take off, no. Right. I think you have to have popularity before, you know, that kind of aspirational makes sense. Like a name to attach yourself to? I think Star Citizen was a bit of a perfect storm, right? They had oh, yeah. they had the name recognition, so they had an inbuilt fan base. They yes. had an inbuilt fan base that was approaching their forties at the time, right? Yes. At least, or <laughs> yeah, I remember some, those days back when I was approaching yeah, my forties. Oh, I, I was approaching my forties at the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and and you know, those people have more disposable income than they used to, right? And they're right. trying to relive their youth, right? A little, yeah. And, I mean, I'm just, yeah. I mean, maybe this is just my own personal no, view, this is, right? No, this, this story is hauntingly familiar to me for some reason, Brian. Just, just, <laughs> I, there's some bits about it that ring, ring bells. They just do. And so you end up, you know, um, reliving, living the fantasy mentally, little, right? And this is the way to do it, right? Bit, little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that there was a bit of a perfect storm for them. Now, can other people do this? I think there's there's certain aspects you can't replicate again, but okay. other people could come in and do similar things if they really want. If you had a true marketing genius. Now, again, I'm not saying Sandy is like the Albert Einstein of marketing, right? Or Sandy's team, because there's really more people there, right? I know I know other people, other names that were working with her and did some a lot of this Kickstarter stuff with her, right? And mm -hmm. Chris. Um, but at the end of the day, this, these people hit hit the formula correctly for what for the time and for and, and and executed it and are continuing to execute. You know, I keep you keep waiting for them. Okay, they're going to dry up the fan base. They're going to run out of people. No. They're going to run out of whales. No, and it is not happening. Right? I, I mean, I, I put a lot of money in the game, and I, I'm personally, you know, it's just the subscription at this point. But there are a lot of people that just that are, that are going right, and so they don't they don't have an end. Yeah. Hey, hey Jeff, are golfers going out of style? No, no, no. There will always be golfers, and if they they may not be playing golf, they may be playing pickleball, or they may be buying box seats at the football stadium. But there are plenty of people out there who are looking for the exclusive concierge experience. So to to sort of wrap it up because we're we're way long on time here, the 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 article factually researched it contains nothing new factually as far as i could tell uh, for people who've been following the game but it does package it in a a single place it's going to get exposure because it's in forbes and it's in the main forbes magazine it's going to be this is to date probably the authoritative story for the overall media of what's been going on and so it's out there now and it's like it looks like this so not a great look there are some people on the Star Citizen in Star Citizen quarters who are, uh, who are predictably upset about it, uh, but it's 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 out there now, and it's a reality that, that they're going to have to deal with going forward. I, I think it's a it's it's slightly tilted. I don't think it's inaccurate, but I think it's I don't think it tells the whole story. Well, uh, they only well. had so many column I, I think, I think I think it's heavily tilted, and again, like I said, it might be edited that way, but I think it, it is obviously that the the authors involved had it. Had a had a view going in. I, I will say that it will. The long term impact is that it will tilt the future press releases and the future coverage for things like the release of Squadron Forty Two. So yes. if Squadron Forty Two does come out next year, like we're all hoping, then it will be 
Um, you know, it'll it'll be under a whole lot of criticisms, no matter how how it, you slice it. But if it actually ends up being a good game, then it'll be like you know, uh, Stris Roberts defies the their odds of the critics. Yes. You know, and, they've got they've got it, a hole to dig out of a little bit here. Yes, the, yeah, I agree. And, with but if it, if it goes the other way, if people do not like Squadron Forty Two in terms of like a Metacritic level, then it's again like this this whole thing is blown up again saying where did he spend all the money you know yada yada as referenced in the Forbes article from 2019 but yeah exactly, exactly. And, and we'll leave it there because I love how that turned out it was me way over here Jeff going eh, maybe a little bit but I was like oh all the way I mean so it, it, that worked out well that worked out really well good job guys the facts are facts they're, they are it's how they're presented that that really yes. changes Absolutely, and maybe, and like Brian was saying, maybe what was cut. You know, they had the they they only had so many column inches in the in the magazine that they could fill, and some things did for sure get left on the cutting room floor uh, to make it fit. So, but we will leave it there. Good discussion, gents. Appreciate uh, appreciate your input on that. And now that we're all caught up on space sim news, let's get caught up on space news with Spencer McDunn on Galactic Public Radio. Good evening from Galactic Public Radio on MC. I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. Zendi Partners has announced a megaship project to exploit Guardian ruins. For the latest, we go to Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Spencer. In a highly anticipated announcement, Zendi Partners CEO Freya Tain told a packed media gathering, quote, In response to increasing demand for Guardian commodities, my company aims to facilitate access to the area once occupied by the Guardians. This will involve the construction of a megaship to transport pilots to and from this comparatively inaccessible region. End quote. Independent pilots are being invited to participate in a referendum process to choose among five candidate systems as the ship's first destination. An outpost will be built shortly thereafter, presumably with substantial material assistance from those same commanders. While route timing and price have not yet been announced, industry observers speculate that a weekly round-trip service with a scaling fee based on ship size and insured equipment loadout are likely. Ship details were also missing, but it's likely a second-hand carrier will serve as the starting transport. With the recent announcement of the Aegis partnership with Ram Ta, Economists believe that demand for Guardian technology components will skyrocket. If that is correct, Zendi Partners will be in a perfect position to siphon off a large portion of that revenue stream. One independent commander told GPR, quote, If it will save me a couple dozen jumps and wear and tear on my paint job, I'll be happy to pay for a bus ticket. End quote. Is this the 34th century transcontinental railroad in the making? Or are Zendi Partners setting themselves up for a titanic failure? For Galactic Public Radio, from the Anseeth System, I'm Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Smooth. Fort Dixon security personnel have identified the Doc-19 Diamondback thief as technician Gan Romero. Romero, who is a married father of three with no criminal record, just completed his 11th year anniversary with the Fort Dixon Hangar Service Team. Security Chief Masaki Saunders stated, quote, the individual responsible for stealing a docked Diamondback Explorer in the Vega system has been identified. Although Romero's job gave him access to landing pads, it does not explain his ability to bypass the ship's security protocols or launch without authorization. 
end quote. Notably absent from the briefing was Commander Bjorn Lennox, the owner of the stolen ship. Chief Sanders did not respond to questions regarding the ship itself or disclose if Romero was in custody. However, she did state, quote, We have yet to determine his motive or destination, end quote. Finally, in local news, Guard frequency response officials are carefully monitoring opinion polls and local markets that could affect its drive toward an expansion franchise. Associate Director Richard Clemens told GPR, quote, We are steadily closing in on our 75% target. We are grateful for the efforts of local independent pilots that are supporting us, end quote. One obstacle that is worrying some commentators is the slight dip in prices for minerals. Zamina Torvald's mining empire has been operating in the system recently and has caused a 5% drop in ore prices. Additionally, some local officials are concerned about the mining conglomerate's stance on slavery. GPR did not find any officials willing to go on record as opposing Senator Torvald's policies. Until the next turn of the world, for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Spencer McDunn. Good night. Tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. Just spitballing here. Either they're, they're either they're leaving this for someone else, which seems likely, or there was something here when they got here that they didn't know about, and this is all built to protect something else, or both. I don't know. They're ditching it all. So what's it matter? They're leaving. We're supposed to be here to train them on Reblox stuff. We haven't heard back from Valis. We're obviously not doing this. We're obviously not speculation until we talk to Valis. Yeah, yeah. But they're bailing on this place. This fully stocked, fully protected army base, right? They're basically leaving it to someone else. You know, that probably again, if it's funded off books, it's probably some shadow organization, right? So. But why have it here at all, right? It's something that is built to defend itself from aircraft, right? The only only thing that makes sense is is if uh, there was something already here they're protecting, or this is the staging ground for something else. I don't know. A coup, maybe? I have no idea. Morgan's right. They wouldn't just leave all this kit here without a reason. Who owns this planet? So this is Federation planet, right? Uh, go ahead and do a planetary knowledge check. Everybody can. Nah, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Another natural one strikes again. I guess. Good Another Lord. natural one. <laughs> I can't even tell if we're on a planet. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely on a planet. I thought, uh, I thought you said it was Federation space. Uh, so so uh, uh, yeah. Ms. Rexford was paying attention to the briefing in which it was, I believe, uh, uh, indicated that it was in Federation space. However, the planet, the planetary system itself is under independent control, mostly yeah. because it's too small to matter. There's not even a million people on this planet, and all it does is grow food. 
So it's it, politically, it's sort of it's independent, but it's because the Federation doesn't care that much. And apparently, no one objected when the Feds built a tiny army base, and then didn't object when they beefed it up pretty sub- substantially. Yeah. So I'll say all that. <laughs> that's, right, that's so this is said. a forward position for taking over some backwater planet. Seems kind of excessive. Uh, again, natural resource, some sort of other tech that's around here or below the base maybe you have 15 or so unsupervised minutes yeah uh i'm gonna check the bathroom you guys go check the break room (laughs) uh i'll go ahead and just you guys can like split up and search this uh building there is literally nothing here there's the break room the bathroom her office which you've already been in and taken sneaky pictures on the uh, on the terminal of there's and, and a bunch of like you know baseline well, there's other buildings right yeah there there are there are uh, there are five other buildings one of them is occupied currently by the 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 commander and your boss one of them is the one you're in and then there's four more so six buildings total conveniently <laughs> there are four of you let's do it All weird right, how that works yeah. i'll take that one over there okay I so take the, i take that other one Okay. <laughs> Rexford's still hiding in the in the in the in the trunk, which you can get yeah, out of on your own. See, I can't see. I don't, outside, the so I don't know if I building. can get out. You, you can get out on your own. You don't have to wait for somebody to let you out. Well, I didn't know. Like, I don't want to just hop out if there's like guards standing around on the inside. So, and since I can't see anything, right? But how, it, it has been described to you that everybody's off busy and that the <laughs> the the courtyard is like deserted. Right? There's yeah. It's it's pretty, and anybody that's on guard on guard duty is watching out right there. Yeah. So hey, is it uh, safe for me to get out of this trunk and help you guys explore a little? Uh, look around and say, sure. Okay, I'll jump out and go to the whatever building they don't yeah. go to. Would I so, recognize the shape of any of them? I uh, no, they're they're all very sort of just nondescript prefab. They look like they were okay. put together in a in a hurry. Uh, done with by the lowest bidder, but you know. Then I'll I'll just wait for the three of them to start walking towards one, and I'll walk to the one they don't. Okay, all right. So, uh, who wants to go first? I've been quiet. I'll do it. Okay, all right. Ale he picks a building and walks up to it. I want you to roll at one d four. One d four. I got a three. Three. All right. So you uh, walk up to the door and you test it. You test the panel. It doesn't open automatically, but you did notice that the four zero code seemed to work on the barracks, so you give it a shot. What do you know? Pops open. And inside you find a single uh, army soldier uh, bent over a console, looking, not paying really close attention to what's going on around him, and there's fans blowing and equipment beeping and all kind of stuff, so he doesn't hear the door open. But he's sort of bent over a console, hunched over, and sort of tapping away at, at keys. Okay, so I'm going to say hello, I guess. Okay, so you say hello and he jumps up. Oh, oh, hey, who are you? What are you doing here? What's going on? We're here helping with transport. We're just kind of checking things out. Everybody's packing up the leave. I hope I'm not disturbing anything. He looks at you and goes, no, no, everything's fine. But this is this is a restricted area. It's high security. Shouldn't be here. All right, nobody should be here. We're all leaving. That's not what I mean, citizen. <laughs> this is the communications facility, authorized personnel only. It's highly guarded. How did you get in here? I uh, I opened the door. The door is open. Door is unlocked. The door is secure. Walked right in. Not very. Walked right in. 
I'm not going to tell him I keyed in the four keys. Okay. All right. I don't even know I have that. So I just he, walked in. He looks I'm going to tell him he left it unlocked. <laughs> it's his fault. He looks at you suspiciously and go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do a bluff check. Sure. I got this one. Oh, yeah. Cool. He looks he at you and he's kind of terrible nerd. about that, doesn't he? He left it. <laughs> yeah, he's looking, he he's looking at you like he's he's looking at you like, like oh, like, uh, like he, he looks busted. It's you, cool, man. I'm not here to bust you. I'm just checking things look, out, trying to get everybody ready to get out of here. Look, don't tell Tinkerbell, okay? Just whatever. Sure, you do. yeah, yeah. Okay. She finds out I am toast. Better name. So while uh, <laughs> while while I'm talking to him, I want to kind of look around and kind of get an idea of what's going on in there. All right, roll perception. And he's on his computer, so I want to see that screen. Okay, you're lo- you're looking at specifically at the screen. Okay, go for it. Roll perception. Oh, I rolled. One again. Feel free to go ahead and spend a karma point on that one if you desire. I do. Okay. So we have right. now eleven karma points, and I am rolling perception again. Much, Twelve this time. Much better. Much better. <laughs> so you look over at it, and it's 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 a civilian like messaging service, right? It would be the equivalent of a Gmail account today. It, okay. And, uh, and it's and he's on Tinder. <laughs> so, it's grinder it's 2019 yeah. he's on grinder hey no judgment in space no judgment in space the army it's all right <laughs> so uh he, he, he it's 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 a little incongruous right i mean he is he was telling the truth this is a commons facility right there's antennas and waveforms and expensive gear all kinds of place and like gmail's open on this terminal over here that's what you see so uh i can't see anything in his email that's interesting right <laughs> it just, I mean, those, I mean it, looks, uh, it looks like he's typing a message, right? It looks like he's yeah. typing a Gmail message. So there's really nothing really to notice there, I think. I could probably push him about being on... Per- I mean, he thinks maybe I'm an authority figure now. He does. It's like, hey, man, this is a top secret area, or a secret area, and or a secure area, and I don't think that computer's for Gmail. So what are you doing? It's like, man, look, we're cool, right? You're not going to tell, tell Sarge about this? I'm not trying to give you a hard time. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. Look, my girl's supposed to meet us here. There is nothing to do with this base. Nothing. For weeks. Until we got the construction stuff. And then finally that quit. We finally got it all done. Now we're leaving. She was supposed to meet me here. And I was going to head in, head up to the station for a little R&R, you know? Yeah. Now we're leaving. But we're not supposed to tell anybody we're leaving. So I got to I gotta tell her not to come. I probably wouldn't send that message, though. You're not supposed to tell anybody we're leaving. Dude, she's coming like halfway across the galaxy. You know how expensive. No, that she's is? not coming because you won't be here. She's gonna show up, and I'm not gonna be here, and then I'm toast. She's never taking a call again. Yeah, I'm supposed I, to get out. I'm supposed to get out in that. two years, and she's not gonna wait for me. You're compromising everybody's security to do that. It's a bad idea. Man, I thought we were cool. Roll a. Uh, I want you to roll a uh, uh, intimidate. Roll an intimidate check. I got Whoa. a three. He's like, man, look, buddy. You're going to let me do this, and you're not going to tell her, or else me and my squad mates are going to give you a rough time, Navy boy. He sees your jumpsuit, and he, he he pegs you as not one of theirs. Sure, sure. Gotcha. All right. If I find out you she, if I find out she found out from you, we're going to have words. I can handle words. That's fine. <laughs> words are not scaring me. She's going to get All me right. in trouble with Valis. Okay. <laughs> I'm a Who's civilian, Valis? man. I'm Who's a Valis? civilian. I care not. What's he going to do? Kick my ass, Ken Shadow. Will kick his ass. <laughs> All, right. All right, so let's get out of here. I'm gonna. I'm leaving because this guy's basically being a kind of a. He kind of sucks, and he's not really doing anything that I can do anything about, and I can't see anything in there. So the building, I think, the search is kind of a bust. 
just okay. compromising our retreat. All right. So, all right. So, yeah, the, the basic, the idea is that you don't know how many other messages you might have sent. So, yeah, but I'm, I'm probably going to tell Valis about that. That's I mean, probably not, it. That's I don't, probably I don't have any loyalty to this nerd. And if he tries to kick my ass, I got four people with me. I'm not worried about it. And you, and at the moment you have more guns than him because all his guns are packed up. Oh yeah, we're good. Yeah, I'm not right. concerned so, about that. All right, so you you kind of you know hands up, kind of back out. We're cool, man. We're cool. And you, and you <clears throat> and walk out of the building. All right, yep. who wants to go next? I go. All right, uh, go ahead and roll me a one d four and don't get a three. <laughs> nice. Four. Good job. You didn't get a you didn't get a four. Okay. All right. So uh, you uh, open the door to another building, except you don't open it because the zero codes don't work. This one is locked up. What you want to do? Uh, Try all ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to this place to figure it out. Code, code is one, two, three, four. <laughs> four. This one, so, uh, you, 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 I'm sorry, what did you say? You actually had a proposal oh. there a second ago. Uh, well, I want to try to see if I can hack into it. Okay. Get go it open. Go ahead and roll security check. Security. There it is. Nat 10. Oh, you know, uh, this one is, it's a real lock, uh, but like all the other real locks on here, they're standard issue. So you're familiar with them. Takes you a few seconds. No one's watching. There's no pressure. The whole, the whole time that I'm doing that, I'm just complaining under my breath that this is the one that doesn't have the easy code. (laughs) (laughs) Lucky you, huh? But you got the the Nat 10, so it's all good. So you, uh, the door opens, you head inside, close the door behind you. And inside, you see all just uh, racks and racks of standard cargo pods that you would find in any any sort of ship. So racks and racks of them. I bet they're all full right. of computer chips. <laughs> <laughs> Are any um, of them labeled? No. Well, I mean, all there's right. like this. There's like 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 serial numbers on them, right? So if okay. one had a, if one had a manifest, one could match it up to that. But so far, you don't have a manifest. Okay. I. Is there anybody else in here? Nope. I try to open one then. Okay, really no security check. Nine. Good enough. Uh, it props open, and inside there you see a uh, a a crate containing anti-aircraft missiles. There are four anti-aircraft missiles inside this uh, uh, crate. Hey guys, it's not just their guns that they're leaving here. What do you mean? They've got some AA missiles in this in this place. Uh, we saw oh, they do have the big guns. Yeah, but they're leaving them. What are they, they going to do with missiles without the guns? No, I'm saying they're they're leaving all of this. I think we should swing back by here after everybody's gone and clean it out. They're leaving it anyway. <laughs> That's the hey, missiles would be worth a lot of money. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, let's clean it out. Those That's missiles a... aren't cheap. This just gets weirder. You can at least stuff sure. a couple of guys, guys, I don't think you understand. This whole building is full of these they've well, got way more you than can have should. some too <laughs> yeah, it's four ways Str- strictly speaking strictly speaking you only opened one cargo pod so far but there are a number of cargo pods they all appear outwardly identical hey yeah uh, check okay, the other one so... there might be one full of drugs okay <laughs> just to be sure i try to open another one all right you does it pick you pick the one right next door or do you kind of walk around the random and do different? i things? walk around a little bit uh, and with a roll one. of 11, yep. the, the, you slide the next one open as well. This one is full of hand grenades. Okay, well, scratch everything I said. I just found their weapon store. 
Hey, can you get a couple more hand grenades for me? Why not? <laughs> okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendly! So let's just be friendly! Some say he decided to build a replica of Thomas the Tank Engine to try to impress the staff at the Insane Asylum, and that he's got a locomotive. But we know he's called the Shiv, and he'll put together this week's feedback. And our community questions from last week were, what's the worst stealth nerf of the, in the game that you remember? And how much did you trust the leaked FDEV roadmap? Concerns about Star Citizen roadmap at all? Anyone? Nah, I didn't think so. And uh, to preference all this feedback, there will be some feedback mixed in for last week that did not get included because our uh, community manager fell asleep at the job. I think he was awake, but just not functioning. He was locomotive. He, he had a locomotive. He had a locomotive last week. That, I think that's, well, I think he, that's no, the case. No, he was playing dodgeball. He was, play, <laughs> he was playing dodgeball and, and had a locomotive about it. Okay. There yeah. you go. All right. <clears throat> Some fellow named Lennon writes in and says, in response to Star Citizen uh, hyperdrives, I realize this defeats every discussion about Star Citizen, Citizen ever, but... Does it really matter right now? SIG will likely overhaul everything in about three months anyway. Bring back many jump points, I say. Right, can, I, can I interject something really quick in there? He is Man. so behind the times, he still calls it SIG. Oh, what's with that guy? Well, he's in a different time zone. That's true. And they don't speak English there. So, In response to homesick for your home system, their implementation is completely unrealistic. Take real life. It's not like corp corporations can block off huge swaths of lands for their own purposes and say things like, quote unquote, private property or quote unquote, no trespassing and quote unquote, you can't release the badgers here. This is an Ikea car park. No, wait, that's exactly what happens. The Pilots Federation space isn't your home system. It's simply the system we join in the story. Your commander has existed for many years up to the, the point we joined them and likely has a mother and father out there on some planet in the deep black. As for the exact technical implementation, whilst it will cut down the griefing, it won't remove it entirely. I think Henry's idea of using solo first and then graduating to open is exactly how it should have been done. Maybe pulling you into a private group automatically if you need to do a wing mission with other people. Still, it's all steps in the right direction. Yeah, a little update on that. I think I saw somewhere, and I don't remember where I saw it, so I can't cite it, so don't take it with a grain of salt. But I think what the implementation currently is, if you if you kill five commanders, if you blow up five ships, your permit's revoked. So our, our, our theory crafting, our speculation on, you know, you, you could go out there and club seals all day long, and as long as you never ranked up, uh, uh, above a certain, above the, the uh, harmless level, you could stay in there. That's not correct. Five kills and you're out. Uh, so you could keep deleting your save if you wanted to uh, and, and keep at it, but uh, the you're, you'd have to reset your progress every so often to actually do it. As for the SIG hyperdrives, I think pe most people's worries is about what is the real weight at the end of the day, right? And so the, the measurements now are what does this mean if this is what it really is? Yeah, I, it's it, for comparison in Elite Dangerous. I can do a cargo run to the next system over, system over, skids up to skids down in fifteen minutes, 
And that's taking the mission, loading the cargo bay, uh, prepping the prepping for takeoff, flying out of the mail slot, jumping, putting down, uh, get, getting to the you know flying super cruise to the new planet, docking the ship, uh, opening up the menu. It, it, if it takes more than fifteen minutes, I it drags right. So if you're if you've got a mission that takes ten to fifteen minutes, travel time and fiddling with the menus included, you're probably doing it right. So if they dial it in so that their that their trips things take about that long, uh, that's fine. But if 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 it's more than that, they're they're begging for trouble. I think the travel trouble. times also mean that we'll probably see more content that's in system. Like uh, one of the recent things was about Art Corp. You can take missions in Art Corp, like at the city, and then just fly a little bit around the planet and do the mission there. Uh, similarly with Lorville and Hurston, things like that. So I think, you know, in, in the microcosm of trading and like the early game of trading, it'll be just, I'm going to trade between some moons here, you know, and planets. And then I'll do some, maybe some planets that are kind of close to each other. But like the high level play is the inter-system play, inter-system trading and the inner, and, and going, going and it's a big investment. If I need to go a couple of systems over, um, that might be a significant travel time. And maybe I'll stay in that system for a while. I think that's the real implication. Uh, but, but one thing on the Elite Dangerous thing I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna bring up, I'm, I'm not a fan of the way that Elite Dangerous explicitly lets you do uh, solo, group, and open. You know, I, I while I- Yeah, some people aren't. I like, you know, while general, I like a lot of control. I would almost uh, like that to be an advanced option. You have to dig through. Like I'd rather it, it, especially if I'm just opening the game and I start a new game. I like, like Lennon says, make it like this opaque thing. Like I don't know if I'm in open or private or whatever, because at least for the first dozen hours of games, it doesn't matter anyway, right? You should be just learning things and 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 well, you, I, I, I have all sorts of complaints and issues with elites early game yeah. but yeah well yeah the the new early the, the early game is now new so i mean if you if you haven't if you've gone if you've been away from elite dangerous or haven't tried it yet i would be very curious for someone who is who has never never picked up elite and if you're listening to the show because you're a star citizen uh, aficionado and you've just never got around to it i would it's on sale a bunch these days, and I'd love to hear some feedback from somebody who, who's done, who does the new player experience as a complete new player, and then has thoughts about it. But the the open versus private versus solo thing has been a controversy ever since the system was announced. Hell, ever since they said you can't play offline in solo, you have to connect to the servers. It's been it's been controversial since then. So, it, it, just like what is a space sim, it will never ever be solved. Rebel writes in, good show. I'm sure that quantum uh, drive times will be amended because right now it makes zero sense that bombers like the tally will arrive at the uh, operating area entire minutes before their own escorts or just completely run, uh, completely outrun any interceptors that were sent out to stop them. The only chances defenders have is if they are in between tally and their targets or in a local space and have faster crews, uh, SCM speed than them. You are they, the escorts would be if you're in a group would be slowed down to the tally. No, you're, so you're saying the tally would have to slow down so the esc- let yes. the escorts. Keep well, I mean, up. if you're in a group, you all travel at the same speed. Now, if you one of them overheats, they just drop out. But otherwise, they yeah. They I mean, it, so I mean, on the one hand, I suppose that's challenging gameplay. 
coordinating a group like that to you know make sure everybody gets to the the, the place on time. I mean, well, now, you could, so, you could say so that. the way the the way that the the group QD dynamics work is if you guys are all in a party, whoever the party leader is, if you're all within proximity and you jump, you're just in a blob when you jump. Like you look around and it, but uh, you all stay the same distance apart from when you jumped. And so when you pop out, you're still all that relative positions anyway. Except for if you overheat. Except for if you overheat, which I think is personally broken. I don't know why the hell okay. that works out. Okay. Way. Okay. I mean, but I mean, but that, but that's the the idea is that one could defensively say, well, that's gameplay because it's up to the squadron leader to make sure that all of his people are properly equipped before you jump and nobody's going to overheat and fall out. Right. I mean, you could say that. I, I don't think that's a great idea, but you could say that. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, it, we'll, we'll we'll see how the mechanic plays out. But hopefully, they're still in the uh, enough in the design phase that they'll take some feedback on board because we love the game we're building. And in this week's feedback, Rebel says, "Are FDev really trying their hardest to push people from play on open for Squadron Forty Two? I have I I don't have fears on the roadmap at this point, but I am resigned to a when it's ready." I, I do, however, think Squadron 42 will be the most awesome project to kill a company. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Is that, a, is that a Tony? Is I, I have a back-end agenda on that. I'm sorry. Back-end agenda. Gotcha. <clears throat> Much like I ha- how the success of Bioshock Infinite made Ken shudder uh, irrational games because of the cost and toll of reaching that goal. Then when a game comes out SIG just simply is not going to have the resources to continue at its level and its community will be utterly tapped out on its willingness to burn DOSH for concepts and there will be no avenue for SIG to make Squadron 43 or whatever. And, and I even worry about how long we'll be able to maintain support and expand on SC. Yeah, I, I think um, the, the idea here is that Squadron 42 comes out, they make some sort of money on it, and that plugs into SC, which drives the community forward, which then funds the the, the next Squadron Forty Two add-on, and they kind of leapfrog each other. That's my guess. Oh yeah, I mean, we we discussed before. It, it, that is the virtuous circle that one hopes occurs, and right. but it all it does hinge on the success and uh, if Squadron Forty Two bombs, then there will there will be there's definite worry for Star Citizen. He will. His 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 his, uh, his turn of phrase here that made me giggle. The most awesome project to ever kill a company. Yeah, yeah. No, I th- I like that. Uh, you know, because you know it's a big, grandiose scope and it's got the AAA Hollywood stars and you know it's the spiritual su- successor to Wing Commander, one of the you know big franchises of the '90s. I mean, yeah. If, if they're going to go out, it'll be out in a blaze of glory. That, that's for sure. Romero021 replies, Hey guys, I don't think FDev is trying their hardest. They're giving small incentives and bits of gameplay loop. But as someone who just just dove into power play, I was witness as an Archon player of the power of the, quote, closed playgroups, completely decimating play as well as internal sabotage. I think that's one of the decisions that you just go the canopy route. Dive in, say nothing, and let the complainers complain. Yeah, well, the canopy thing turns out to be they were just fixing some numbers. So, I mean, that's why they didn't say anything. But power play has been not good for a long time. And and what he's referring to here is the on the closed groups is that you can influence power play activities and not ever once risk your ship or your cargo in open. 
you can you can do that all in the background simulation for the uh, in, in a private group run solo. So and that, and we had a discussion about that with or Def Dev did and we talked about it about changing power play to be an open only mode and that got shelved. So yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work the way it should, and it'll be a controversy always. Uh, Sean Newboy writes in and says, if if AAA had given out roadmaps like CI, they would not have lasted one year. Uh, entertaining as always, everyone. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So for those of you who are younger, AAA is the American Automobile Association, and they used to print what's called maps. Now these were pictures on a big piece of paper that drew where roads were, and you would unfold this piece of paper and then try to navigate your car based on the squiggly lines on a piece of paper. It was a fascinating time. You guys remember key maps? Like with the binders oh. of maps? You ever seen oh, those? yes. Yeah. I, I, in fact, I still have a couple of those from God, like, when I was working in California. Like one of my friends had one of those, and I, I thought it was just magic. In Kansas, we had what's called a gazetteer. They used some of bookstores. They were like these big 11 by 17 books. They opened up to 22 by 17, and they would take chunks of your state, like part of a county by part of a county mm-hmm. and on the back side it had the your state divided up into rectangles mm. and you opened it up that page. it was just like they had little tiny back roads on there like you know just like you, it, you felt like you're getting secrets right because like oh I, I know where all the like the the weird ways into places are now it's dark yeah, magic right, right? that's right yeah, they were they were dark magic yeah you get like some, some you get like some girl's address and it's like we're gonna track her down that's that's not way creepier than sounds I sounds like you've got a back end agenda there, way Mister. Creepier than I than I did my <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that was a little that was a little. Wow, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so I'm gonna get so I'm gonna temporary restraining order <laughs> on the on, on somebody. Well, okay, they didn't Ooh. have restraining orders back then when they had maps. They had shotguns. Onto feedback. Pringle Hammer says. Please explain how the star in this article, and he gives the Forbes article, can be a credible source to advise to a company that has released a video games in this century. And then he links to a PC Games article about where Chris Roberts um, has makes comments on Anthem. Uh, or explain why people continue to believe him. Your choice. It actually goes a little deeper than that. So what he, he links to a PC Gamer article, but there's actually a couple of articles in Newsweek. Now, Newsweek was also a magazine from back in the day, but that is more has has dived more deeply into the sort of online world. And I think I don't think they actually print a magazine magazine anymore. They their quality has gone downhill quite significantly. But they, there there was two articles that were written by a guy whose name escapes me that basically quoted Chris Roberts as a source. And I think one of them might have been an update for Star Citizen, and one of them was this one. Uh, where he, where Chris Roberts just gives his commentary on Anthem as a sort of, you know, I sat down with an industry expert and he said these things about Anthem, which has not had a great launch. There's experience. like two or three quotes from him in here. It's not a, it's like a silly article. Well, it's it, it, it appeared to me because the articles were close in time and by the same author, he probably got Chris to talk about Star Citizen and blah blah blah, and then said, hey, by the way, do you have a few minutes and. You know, what do you think about the Anthem thing? And he turned into two articles because he's a online journalist and you have to produce. So I, th- I think that's how that worked. I think that's how that happened. But it seems to me like it, they, Chris probably wasn't like seeking to be called an expert on something and got his name in print. I think it probably just dovetailed with it. But the point's taken. I mean, he hasn't launched his game yet. So 
Okay, literally, I just read the whole article while you were speaking. It's like five, yeah, it's like, yeah, like a couple hundred yeah, words. It's yeah. basically, they're it's like, hey, Chris, what do you think about Anthem? And then Chris yeah. is like, yeah, I don't think they should get up, give up on it. I think it's a, it's a game that has some promise, right? Yeah, and I think, yeah. you know, it's from EA, and people like to hate on EA, but uh, I think if they keep plugging at it, it'll be good. That's literally the whole article. Right, like I said, it, it's, it, it looked and sounded to me like, the other article was what was actually being written, and then he just sort of like tagged on a couple of, of uh, questions at the very end to make a new article. Yeah, so, I, yeah I, it's, it, I think everybody it, likes to be an armchair quarterback for Anthem nowadays because it's kind of a um, you know it, it, it's it, a it, it is, is a it's a flop in the zeitgeist, right? Like everybody knows, oh Anthem, what a pile of crap! It's it's it is today's No Man's Sky, right? That that's what it is, and oh. I love that analogy, and 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 everyone's hoping that it, it'll get better and be, you know, what No Man's yeah. Sky is today versus what it was, right? <laughs> right, where where people like me who played twenty hours of the original No Man's Sky when it first came out thought it was okay, but it didn't hold my attention. Yeah, now I'm actively worrying that I won't be able to play in VR because I have the good old games version, not the Steam version. Right. So I'm like, fingers crossed that I'll actually be able to play it. I'm excited about it. I, I like Anthem. I, I, I play it regularly. I, one of our listeners plays it regularly, too. So, you know, um, it, it's a pretty good game. Anyway, move it, move it. But yes, I don't think they sought Chris out as the expert. I think they probably tagged it on to the end of, a, of an interview about, you know, his game. But Pringle writes in again and says, uh, according to Obsidian Ant, uh, straight up fella and credible source. Yes, we know Obsidian Ant. Uh, the Forbes article is well researched and written by credible Forbes staff, not clickbait farming freelancers. Like it or not, the article is arguably fair. Because Chris Roberts has consistently failed to meet or fully account for missed deadlines, his performance history has become a fair topic for rigorous explication. Nice phrase. Michael Jordan was a great basketball player. Though he was able to adapt to changes in the game better than most other players, the younger, hungrier pack eventually caught and surpassed him. MJ can't be competitive in and finish games played at current levels of skill and or within current strategic frameworks. The game has evolved past him. And just as a side note, he's also a lot older. Um, But he continues by way of analogy. Chris Roberts was an accomplished game developer 20 years ago. Game development, too, has evolved since then. Chris successfully finished some mediocre movies before that industry expelled him. Roberts is not and may never have been a strong finisher. The problem with marching to the beat of your own drum is if no one follows, you're just another idiot with a drum alone on a deserted field. Wake up, citizens! You can't believe hard enough to get blood out of a turnip or a finished Star Citizen game out of a Chris Roberts. Regime change now! So the, la- the end was a little strident. The end was a little strident, I thought. You know, look, look, he, he, was, he finished... Are we, are, are we just hosting goon comments now? Is that all we're doing? I, I the Michael Jordan analogy I followed up to a point, but the fact you know he got I mean, old. It's right? not even so, funny. Uh, I mean, this is. I mean, if it was Clown Bobo, I give it a pass. This is just. This is just an incendiary feedback. You know, the uh, I, I don't. I will. Uh, I will say. I will say this. I think Chris Roberts was rusty when he started this. I think. I think maybe he even thought, believed his own timelines when he started this, and I think that. Um, I think we've all kind of seen him potentially grow um, in, in this sure. in, in this as well. I think one of the one actually one of the quotes in the article was from a character artist, and he was annoyed because his characters kept getting signed off and then and then backpedaled on. Right? Um, you could recognize oh, right, the, yeah. you could recognize the quotes from the uh, LinkedIn slash that uh, was another, I can't remember what the site was. There was a couple yeah, of the, Glassdoor, I think. Glassdoor. The Glassdoor stuff, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. It was, like it, I said, it was not news to anybody here. Basically, because the entire UK character team, which was like three or four guys, um, they came on board probably with Aaron, and then they all left like a year later, right? Because right. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened like four or five years ago, right? So I think a lot of the the churn that you that people have seen is is in the past, and I mean, sure, I wish we'd had the game sooner, but I don't know. I I, I don't get the, the the Chris Roberts age just seems trollish to me at this point. Yeah, I, I I don't think the I don't think the the feedback was incendiary, but I do agree with you, Brian, because Chris saw something. Uh, in in 2012, 2010, even when he when the concept was coming up, uh, that he could re- recreate the glory of Wing Commander, and that's what the game originally originally you know was uh, touted for. I think that the I think the whole process expanded rapidly, and at first I think uh, uh, Chris had to had to backpedal a little bit. And go, wow! This thing is just growing like like gangbusters. But let me, if I embrace the vision and where I want to take this game, I I think he's done a pretty good job of stepping up to it. And I uh, and yes, his experience with making Wing Commander and the success of Wing Commander ha- plays a part of that. I don't think that that skill set is is discounted in this day and age. A couple of a couple of common threads between you, what you were saying, and what Brian was saying earlier is that in this day and age, we 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 focus a little bit on the comment uh, from that professor, right? You know, he's been out of the industry since 2013 or to 2003 or whatever. And he's been yeah, been been academia, in academia. But you know, uh, Pringle makes the point, and then Jeff kind of brings it back up, and Brian addressed it too. There is a little bit of a shelf life on your career right you know you do get rusty and right. if you don't and if you're not in it you you lose some of those particular skills if you go into academia you gain a different set of skills and maybe you comment on things or you you see things from from an outsider perspective and comment on it that way but if you're not doing it or if you're making movies instead of video games you kind of lose yeah. some perspective and some of the gritty feel of well, it. I, I and I well know that because I've been in in my I've been a systems administrator IT guy for 33 yeah. years. The system, and, they change every six months. Yeah. And if, every I six don't, months, yeah. if I don't stay up with the uh, uh, academy, you know, the, the, the trainings and stuff, the, ne- the next iterations of, uh, of this server or that, that uh, OS or, or what's going on with Active Directory, or, or if I don't stay up with that, I'm left behind. Yeah. And yeah, I'm and left it, behind hard. Yeah. And, and I, w- I will, I'll freely admit that I think the first two years of Star Citizen development, so 2013, 2014, I'm pretty sure all that work was thrown away. You know, whether it was, yes. whether it was because yeah. of Chris's decision or the fact it was a new company coming up, the technology was broken and they had to redevelop technology. It's about a billion reasons. But those first two years, in terms of like this game's development, essentially didn't happen. Now, yeah, I you, can't, agree. you can't, you still have to hold them accountable. They still spent that money, right? But that was essentially a learning period for Chris Roberts and for a, potentially a lot of those other guys too, right? They burned that much money and those first two years just getting their feet under them. And a lot of those people are gone now. Yeah. I mean, well, mo- that, there's been a huge amount of turnover 
the 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 crew that was there for the first two years is gone too. But but yeah, <laughs> so. but that, that's true. But the people that start that people that started right around that time when they were actually starting to really ramp up, a lot of those guys are 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 still there now. Right. The the the, se- the second the second the second wave. wave. Yes. The second wave. Yeah. Except for of course, his now known wife for the second time and his brother over in England and his lawyer partner friend who he took some strange German money from back in the day. Tony. Those guys are still here. Tony, do you have a back-end agenda? I do have a back-end agenda. (laughs) Ken from Chicago writes in, says, I don't know about the Elite Dangerous Roadmap leak, but there is an interesting list of requested features besides space legs. Ten interior lights. Number nine, planetary surface features. Number eight, damaged ship models. Number seven, ship cargo ferries. Number six, custom HUD colors, and watch for five through one. We're going to save five for five through one for next week because I would like to point out interior lights, that's Henry's baby. What, he wants what a dome is, I'm light. Sorry, can you somebody explain it to me real quick? Dome lights? You mean to explain dome lights to you? It, I can't. You don't like the lights in the ship? I mean, I look around, there's lights no, on my ship. No, 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 but no, no, no. Well, no, he, uh, I think what we're saying is people want to be able to turn lights on and off, right? Like you can shut down your whole HUD and the whole the whole system, the whole uh, cockpit will go dark, right? But uh, people want the idea to be to uh, to be able to turn lights on and off as they want, not just shut down your HUD, but change the lighting inside the cockpit. So especially if you're in VR and want to get up and sort of like look around your cockpit or anything, uh, you know, it, it's the lighting is not not great. It's not good. So dome light is something that is that Henry's been uh, looking for here. Uh, planetary surface features, yeah, we've talked about that plenty of times here. Damaged ship models, hey, we just covered that. Uh, ship cargo ferries, interesting idea. Not quite sure what you mean by it, but we'll, we'll watch, maybe watch the video and find out. Uh, custom HUD colors, yes, long time, sta- long standing complaint. They're probably never going to do it. See, I want uh, I want ship cargo ferries as well, but I would spell ferry differently. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, you have you a really agenda. have a back-ended agenda there. It's because you have a back-ended agenda. All right. But we'll watch the video and we'll report on 5 to 1 next week. And in general feedback, we don't have any, but I do want to mention that uh, in the GPR, you may have noticed, we start doing in local news. These are things that we're doing as a squadron in the ANSYTH system. Uh, and to support that, Lennon has written a little bot in our uh, Discord server uh, called Valis for reasons, if you have been listening to the uh, origin story uh, and she will tell you if you type in uh, exclamation mark GFR status what our current status is in the NC system we're trying to build up for an expansion so it's kind of a, he's, he, we're, we're building out some functionality in our discord uh, channel discord.guardfrequency.com uh, you know send us a request we'll let you join in uh, there's, there's fun people chatting in there and because they're getting her to hangouts we're going to be migrating all of our staff chat over to there too so you'll, you should see your favorite guard personality uh, uh, personalities. Well, maybe there's just one personality you like, and it's probably not me. Uh, but you'll see us over there on the Discord. I'm always on the cords. The cords? Is that what the kids are calling it these days? Uh, I don't the know. Cords? That's what I call it. <laughs> uh, I learned. I, I don't. I don't like Discord because um, that that's just too contentious. Mm. What? Discord. Discord. The word Discord. No, I it's know. But, oh, you don't like the word Discord? Oh, oh. it's a joke. It's oh. yeah, <laughs> and it's better when we explain it. I didn't. I thought you. I, I. I thought you had an issue with the. Do you program. want me to spell check that for no. you? <laughs> <laughs> like a, like a, it's like I'm it's like playing dodgeball. Yeah. It's like playing dodgeball with a locomotive. It is. It is very ship jokey. So we have a returning Patreon this week, Dillick Firehawk, and a, a random winner, 
is everyone is a winner when Dillick comes back. I don't even want to read any more of that. <laughs> and this week's community question. Give us your take on the Forbes article. Do you think it will impact future expectations and press coverage of Squadron 42? And who's tried the new Elite starting experience? And otherwise, how is the show? Do we deserve 3,500 words in a national news magazine? Or are we lucky to get a tweet from a D-list moisturizer salesman? Drop us an email, a tweet, or a comment on our show post, which you can find on our website, and look us up on Discord. And that brings us to the end of episode 259 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 260 on May 14th, 2019. So be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Biowaste Specialist Lowmaster, our artist, Ben Almost as Funny Sanders, and of course, our audio engineer dream team, Mikey Lennon and Bill Hardy. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and a special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit ronaldjenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Contact 330, Squawk 7700. Stay on the guard. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to squint a wyvern. Head over to Heroes Rides Podcast. I mean, wyvern is kind of a made-up word. It's a fantasy creature, but I have no idea what a squint is. We should make it. We, <laughs> it, it, we should, it's, we should it's define like, that. It's like skinning, but it's faster. Nice. All right. Okay, I all like right, it. Here we go. Initializing an infrastructure institution, inquiring about initial itineraries of in in, in it I, I, itineraries. You did pretty good. You got all, you got through all that till itineraries. That's not bad. Yeah. And interstellar spelled wrong, but I am not going to. Oh uh, yeah, I did it. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. You're right. You you went right by it like a pro. You just you knew yeah. what I meant. You knew what I meant. Because occasionally I have a back end agenda. <laughs> uh, I don't want to know about your back end agenda. <laughs> This is, we'll go back to the back end agenda here, where I uh, where I where I poke Brian to see if he yells at me. Uh, mm. So so the it's so my the, back end agenda. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, hashtag okay. So we have a uh, yeah hashtag back end agenda. Oh, just I love see, I, hey hey Jeff hey Jeff Jeff I th- yeah I think I prodded yeah. Brian in his back end agenda. I, I think so. <laughs> This is Tony, GPR, Sync 1. Nope. Yeah, that's right. This is Jeff, GPR, Sync 2. All right. And now I'm sure I'm doing it right now. So uh, GPR in three, two. Fort Dixon security personnel have identified the Doc 19 Diamondback thief as Technician Gan Romeo. Romeo. Romero. Romero. <laughs> hey, Romeo. Uh, He's got a back-end agenda. I know he does. Yeah, a back-end agenda indeed.